0: Phoenix, touch the mics, and he gets nauseous. No, yeah, nauseous. What? Check, check, one, two, check, check. Give me check, give me mic check, one, two, check, check, mic check.
1: You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's signpost up ahead. Your next stop, Dark Territory.
2: That's correct. I'd rather not say. It's rather personal. Hello, is this Mr. O'Connor? Mr. O'Connor, uh, you have a man working for you in personnel, a young man named Alfred Brewster. That's right, been with you about a year and a half. Man's a communist. <laughs> uh, that's right, the man's a communist. A subversive, a menace to our society, should be discharged immediately. Ne- Never mind how I know. I just know, that's all. I'm going to check back with you in a few days, and if it has not been discharged, I'm going to take this whole matter to a superior. That's correct. Bye, Mr. O'Connor. superintendent, please. Hello, is this a school superintendent? Yeah. Well, this is a concerned citizen, and this call has to do with a teacher in your employee. His name is Farwell. William J. Farwell teaches at your North End high school. That's correct. Well, the man is morally objectionable. He's a drinker, a carouser, and I have it on good authority that his relationships with his students are questionable at best. He should be discharged immediately. Well, never mind who this is. I happen to be giving you facts, and these facts are what is at issue. Well, well you best check on him. That, you, you most certainly should. And immediately. That, that's That's correct. full morning's work, wouldn't you say, Pete? Eleven names.
1: No.
2: Eleven names. Of course, it's questionable at best as to what concrete results we can expect, but at least the seeds have been planted, the opening guns fired, the first attack rendered. Look at them, look at them out there, the dregs carrying leeches sucking us dry, (sighs) carrying evil around with them like coal germs. (laughs) gonna have to face it sooner or later pete phone calls are one thing threats and exposures simply expedience oh no pete my old friend we're gonna have to embark on a much more ambitious course And it must be today pete it must be this afternoon this is a long one four o'clock pete Blame rod that's when we'll make it occur we'll make it occur at four o'clock at that moment, at that precise moment, we shall destroy evil. I think we need to start doing my, just Rod. And my obligation nope. is to destroy evil. I'm sorry, sure I cut it to out At four o'clock. I'm not quite sure of the method yet, but that will come to me. It will come to me assuredly, and it will be uh, a revelation. It will be the expiration of immorality, the exordium of the end. Four o'clock.
3: I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go grab a
2: coffee. We'll make it happen. Whatever form I choose. Four o'clock!
1: That's Oliver Krangle, a dealer in petulance and poison. He's rather arbitrarily chosen four o'clock as his personal Gotterdammerung. And we are about to watch the metamorphosis of a twisted fanatic, poisoned by the gangrene of prejudice, to the status of an avenging angel. Upright and omniscient, dedicated and fearsome. Whatever your clocks say, it's four o'clock. And wherever you are, it happens to be the Twilight Zone. What? No,
3: I'm not doing it. I'm, no. Doing that's, what? It's too long. I'm not doing it.
0: But I said, blame Rod. I'm blaming you. Why? That was way too long. Okay, well we're, then... If, we're five if and a half minutes Rod, in. You won't know who Rod's talking about because obviously Rod has now, instead of saying his entire intro, he makes his freaking characters do his entire intro for him. So he has to say as little as possible now.
3: It takes so long for it to get to, to the end of his speech. It is
0: ridiculous. I didn't <clears throat> write the episode. I watched it.
3: But then <laughs> I said we should just play Rod and you said No. <laughs> that's on you
0: well okay if i just play rod and you don't listen to anything before it what rod's talking about is what you just saw heard whatever right before it so then it it, it provides context to whatever the hell he's saying because if i just play whatever he's saying there's no context and you're like what <laughs> if
3: only people who listen to the review podcast about the show had any idea what we were reviewing I wish there was a way around that. It's just the way we have to play the whole episode.
0: You might. uh, You know what? Phoenix, what episode is this? Nope. (laughs) I'm not doing it. So this is uh, uh, episode 105. uh, It was 107. And uh, uh, the LIW, the Twizor Review, from Phoenix West. He's Frank Link's. Or, or vice versa you know so, and stop and reverse that you're, uh you're yeah and and, and, uh, it, it, and then this episode was aired sometime in the early 60s you know <laughs> yeah so yep there you go there it is
3: your show's going great I know,
0: more clips then, more clips. It's a clip show episode.
2: He was running some sort of a mail order business or
1: something.
2: What I do, Mrs. Williams, is none of your concern. I pay my rent on time and I mind my own business. You should learn a respect for privacy, Mrs. Williams. Well, well, I... Well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I. Have you any more pertinent remarks to throw out in the air? If not, then I would be grateful if you left me alone. I have a great deal of work to do.
3: And believe that.
2: You thank me one day. That is, assuming you're around and assuming you retain a capacity for appreciation.
1: And what's that supposed to mean, assuming I'll be around? Are you threatening me, Mr. Kranger?
2: My dear lady, I don't threaten people. I compile them. He does. I compile them and
0: I... He threatens people. Oh, yeah, I would say so.
3: We heard him Lock, threaten people hood. in that intro you played.
0: Yeah. If you don't know.
3: fire him, I will follow up. That's a threat. You,
0: you see how it just creates so much context for what's to come next?
3: <laughs> I was going to mention it's in my notes.
0: It's fine.
3: How's, how's your show going?
0: It's, I'm, I'm, I feel like that ship that... uh. What's that that uh, the navy from France and Britain—they they just blew the fucking shit out of it last week by firing as many missiles at it as they possibly could before it sank. <laughs> I feel like that ship right now. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah. Maybe play another clip. Don't right, don't, um, don't really. Please, please don't.
1: Somebody think he was running some sort of a mail order The
3: same clip. What I do, Mrs. Williams. What's the fuck with you? We're in a time loop. Oh, God. All right. Fine. I guess my, uh, my embargo is over. Um, uh, yeah, this fucking episode, I, I fucking hate it. It's a stupid episode. It's fucking stupid.
0: It is. I don't even think if they changed the ending, it could, they could have saved it.
3: No, it's got, at some point you realize it's basically a constipated looking man making phone calls about communism and I don't know what he's getting to, like alcoholism and pedophilia with a a school teacher there.
0: Oh, he's a very organized stalker is what he is. He is.
3: He's got literally, he literally has file cabinets about everyone in the world. And he has little files on him, and he pulls it out and he's like, he just fucking like has all this like dirty laundry on him. And uh, he's, done, he's already called 11 people today, and we saw the phone calls. Those took about 12 seconds each. Felt like an eternity, but about 12 seconds each. A lot so, of work. So he spent maybe half an hour making phone calls, and he's like, ah, oh, that was a busy morning, right, Pete? Pete the parrot. Fucking. At some point you realize this is just going to be one man in a, alone in a room talking to this fucking bird and and that sinks in and it doesn't go away because that's what the what the fuck it is it's
0: all this another one of those classic on stage uh, TZ episodes
3: yeah but this one would have nothing this, can you imagine watching this one as a play
0: oh god
3: I mean I love it that, I love the ending if they just blew up the rest of, like made the rest of the set very large and have him tiny so he looks small yeah.
0: that'd be fun it's, it's such a big problem with the ending I really did. Like, I even I yeah, went a little bit too far with the ending to have a big, even a bigger problem with it, but, yeah. Oh, we can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this about the episode.
3: It's It might be the best whip pan the rod for his intro. <sighs> the,
0: yeah, and then after the whip pan, he looks to Polly <laughs> and he yeah. goes, Not! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
3: his speech wasn't the best, but it was the best whip pan. I was like, I watched it twice, and I was like, I might have been there. It looked pretty seamless. Some of them are god awful. And if this, like,
0: what, how can this man not do comedy at all?
3: Rod, yeah, he, he's this, just a yeah. he He's a all serious bones in his body. That's all he has.
0: He literally re- went into writing this hunk of garbage. This will be a comedy episode.
3: That's why his voice cracks. The, the main character. Don't worry about who this is. I'm like, I, I don't know what they're going for at all in this episode. It just doesn't work. It's not interesting. It's not funny. It's not serious. But it, it's not. It's it's. It, it might have been like Rod commenting about like the the Red Scare and like the Hollywood era and and all that, but it just. It wasn't harsh enough. It didn't work at all in any way.
0: Rod's humor is like on a, some level of dad humor, but like the worst possible douchey dad humor that exists.
3: It's the sense of humor a man would have after going through a
0: world war. You can't blame him on that one. Man. Yes.
3: That, and and that's, that's about what his sense of humor is. He sees some fucking shit. Like, and he's trying to have a little levity, but he just can't do it. He just cannot do
0: comedy. Yeah. You want to know how it really feels? Just watch, uh, what is that one called? I hope you're not talking about The Whole Truth. Yeah.
3: Oh, you're talking about, uh... Sulu. Yeah, what?
0: It's called, um... Anyway.
3: Yeah. <laughs> watch that one.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> On the tip of my tongue, one of my favorite episodes. I can't remember it.
3: Yep, gone, gone. Anyway. The encounter. Okay, there we go. Uh, Did he threaten to kill his landlady in that clip? Because it sounded like it to me.
0: uh, If she was still around and had the capacity for appreciation, which means if she's still around and two feet tall, I guess she won't. Oh, did I just jump the gun there?
3: No, it doesn't matter. Fuck this episode.
0: Fuck it. I don't know... (sighs) Okay, so I don't even want to get into this whole you know sad, sappy woman coming up to beg for her like she she's giving this guy way too much credit by going to his house to find out why he does what he does or ask him to write letters because her husband's very sensitive, he didn't lose his job or anything,
3: he's just kind of it's- worried about some letters, so basically what happened was. She shows up at his apartment, looking like a prostitute, like a like a call girl. She's kind of like, is this where Mr. Krangle lives? The Worst fucking name you could tell where I wrote the name. Mm-hmm. Um, is this where he lives? She's like, yeah, he's up there at the stairs. He's a fucking asshole. And she goes up there and she's like, hey, are you, Mr. Krangle, you're here. She goes in there and she's all awkward. I'm like, did he? Does this motherfucker order a hooker? I'm pretty uh hypocritical. And then she goes in. and Her name is Lucas. I'm like, I hope it's her last name.
0: Yeah, it was it okay. Was.
3: Good, and then uh, yeah, she she proceeds to be like, you're sending my husband letters. He's he's a doctor. He tries to save lives. My my husband tries to save lives and cure people and help people. He's like your your husband's evil. He's an evil sack of shit. He's a murderer. And then he pulls out his. He's like, oh, this is when he pulls out the file cabinet. And he's like, L L L L L L U L U L U C L U C A. There we go, Lucas. I sort to through all the Lucas, all the Luci in my files. Oh, here we are. Here's your husband. And then, uh, there's a big turd in there, but instead there's paperwork and it's, it's like your husband was on. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, my throat just gave out on me right there. That was, that was intense. That was an intense moment. It's like my, my voice got abducted by aliens. What the fuck just happened? <clears> he <throat> had a stroke. Was- I, I might've <laughs> choking on my own rage. Cause, cause she goes, <laughs> my husband's a, a doctor. He was, he was running the, like the ER by himself. So one of the patients died because he... In he, the city, no less,
0: because apparently they're in a city somewhere.
3: Yeah, somewhere. We don't ever leave the apartment, so we don't know. But the point is, he, he, his husband was a doctor. He's running the ER by himself. Like 14 people were there. And then he couldn't. He literally didn't have enough time to go from person to person. So one person died, and he goes, he, she, he, should, have, uh, he should have saved her. So he, but he physically couldn't be in 14 <laughs> different places at once. Now he's He's evil.
0: He should have made the time, that's all.
3: Yeah, fucking. That's yeah. it,
0: really. Like, when I found out that that was, I'm like, this man is out of his fucking I, I knew he was out of his mind, but wow. I mean, <clears throat> um, she even you know, you have no medical degree, you've, you've never been, you don't know how it is, blah blah blah, and then yeah. Yeah, he when he's telling her this shit, he's, then he sits down afterwards and he
3: sits at his desk, and then he, he like does this thing with his hand and his face and he's like moving his hands around like really quickly and moving his face like twitching and I'm like, is he is he insane or like autistic? What the hell's going on with this guy? And in the end, I ultimately believe he's not evil. He's uh, like paranoid schizophrenic.
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely something. Well, the FBI guy pegs it. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm like, he doesn't really deserve. Like, it's a villain that you could – you could defeat this villain by cutting his phone lines and intercepting his outgoing mail.
0: Yeah, because, like, either he's, like I, – I, I listen to radio, I watch TV, and, ooh, phone. I have a phone. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's the most pathetic man ever. Again, I don't think he's evil. I think he's actually mentally ill.
0: There's no doubt about it. He's men- – yeah, like – uh I got the FBI guy right here. It's, it's beautiful. Because after she leaves, and she gives him this crazy idea because she calls him small-minded. And that that insult washes right past him. All he hears is small, which gives him the brilliant idea that at 4 o'clock, aha, eureka, I'll make everybody two feet tall. It's beautiful. Yes.
3: Yeah, it's fucking insane. And, and one more thing before you play that that I want to mention before. The landlady. Uh,
0: Mr. Gringa?
3: Yeah. One last thing. How old do you think that lady was in real life?
0: In real life? Or... Uh, okay. In real life, I would say 65. She was
3: 67. Right? But she clearly was not fucking 54, which is what he says in the episode. Pulls out her file and like, her fucking name is Williams, age 54. Like, and then she says widow. And then... Proceeds to then say, uh, she has no political affiliation. You have no political affiliation. Your husband has no political affiliation. I'm like, that's because he's fucking dead. That's why she's a widow. What the fuck are we doing here? Did you?
0: The only thing he had checked off, yes, that she was ignorant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I found that funny. Nosy and ignorant, was it? Something else. No, that's it. Everything else was no. He had had said
3: something. I don't remember what it it was. It was so petty. Everything he said was so fucking petty. Ugh. I fucking hate it.
0: Yeah,
3: Yeah. And then the FBI. He calls the FBI. He waits around after this bitch leaves, after the the woman with the sensitive husband, who's a doctor, leaves. He waits around some more for the FBI guy to come.
0: Well, he called the cops. He called the fire department. He called, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Coast Guard. You know, he called the, the uh, you know, Department for Disease Control and the FBI. And amazingly, the FBI, the only one that showed up.
3: <laughs> Even the local police is like that guy's fucking insane. We're not going there. We yeah, might like, we might swing by for a wellness check because this guy sounds fucking insane.
0: Send yeah. send the feds. Exactly. He's well, that well, bad. Yeah, he's he he's on that level. He's beyond our control or our help. Um, yeah, I think it's where is it? Um,
2: I'm Oliver Crangle. I'm the one who called.
1: My name is Hall, Mr. Krangle, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Our office had a call from you concerning... Indeed, indeed, indeed. I placed the call. Please,
2: please, sit down. I called you here because I felt that the FBI should know. I also notified the police and the... the, uh, Fire departments. I even have a call into Washington, although that call probably won't even go through. It's my understanding that the Reds are in complete control in Washington now. He just called, called a pizza place in Washington. The, red, red, the,
1: the Reds, Mr. Krangle.
2: Reds, Mr. Krangle. Reds. And it's a complete conspiracy, you know. All the evil people of the world have banded together communists, subversives,
1: thieves. It's a total, complete worldwide conspiracy. Now, Mr. Crangle, on the phone, you said that you had some sort of plan which you felt. Oh, like the yes, federal yes, government yes,
2: would... yes, yes, yes. That'll all take place at four o'clock.
1: Now, you see, Mr. Hall,
2: I have spent many years doing this kind of work. I've made a complete study of evil. Oh, yes, I made a study of evil. I listen to the radio. I watch television. I cut out newspaper clippings. I write letters to employers. I phone I have calls late at night. There. There's the most efficient method right there. Calling these terrible people constantly late at night, waking them up, waking them up, speaking my charges, and then hanging up. (laughs) He's a telemarketer. Very frustrating for them. Yes, I'll bad. Oh yes, indeed. You you know, they go out of their mind with fury.
3: He's admitting to to harassment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like the FBI goes like, Yeah, I I I bet most wouldn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking lunatic. He's just ranting like a lunatic. And then uh, uh, He he says something
3: there. I don't know if you have it where he's like, I'm going to turn everyone at by sheer will alone. Everyone at 4 p.m. will turn into two feet tall and they won't be able to use a typewriter or anything. I'm like, why would being two feet tall stop you from being able to use a typewriter?
0: Or go extinct for that matter. (laughs) Yeah. He literally ended like just when I couldn't get any more insane. They'll go (laughs) extinct because of their small hands. Like, wow, so racist against little people.
3: Yeah, so, it's just gonna like ostracize midgets at this point.
0: Yeah. I didn't like this episode for a whole another reason after watching it, but well, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it, like I, I cut the whole FBI thing into two because uh, it was just, just too damn long and it was starting to get really fucking aggravated. So.
1: Well, what do you think of it, Mr. Hall? Mr. Crangle, how do you go about doing this? Shrinking people? Why,
2: I merely will it, that's all. Now in the past, several other methods had occurred to me to stop evil from spreading. How does evil spread? Hmm? By public transport. So I had it in mind that I might take the stiffness out of airplane propellers. What? You understand?
3: Yeah, you get it. Pops
2: limp. Schizophrenia. No. Like empty banana skin. Then it occurred to me that I might change all the wheels in the world from round to square, or perhaps triangular, so they'd stub in the asphalt and stop. Mr. Crangle, But this. You know, Mr. Hall, this is hard to believe. This idea just occurred to me this about the change it. in size. A short while ago, some benighted woman was in here and she inadvertently gave me the idea. Turn all the evil people into two feet tall. And what could be simpler? Think of it. Think of how inefficient this would make them. Why they couldn't handle delicate scientific instruments, adding machines, typewriters, or telephone dials. Why, soon enough, they'd be extinct like dinosaurs.
3: I think they can handle the delicate stuff easier.
1: Yes. I'd like to ask you a question, sir. I hope you won't take offense at it. (laughs) Well, no, no, please go. Have you ever had any psychiatric help? (laughs) I love it. I love
3: that it's his first question after this because nothing screams, I'm sane, like constant mood changes and facial twitching. He's like yeah. all over the road with his emotions and he's just like nah nah, nah. like this is what it, the noise his face is making. Nah, 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 nah. Like feral. It's insane.
0: <laughs> when when you say a sentence that involves saying I'm gonna turn everybody two feet small, how could it get any simpler? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> ow. What?
3: Oh, he meant, he meant my simple, he meant predicting the ending. How could that get any simpler for the audience? That's what he meant. Oh. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because they, yeah. Sho- shove it in your fucking face.
0: Honestly, the, and by the end, I didn't see it coming. Did you?
3: Oh, I guessed it. The second he said I'm
0: two feet tall. I didn't. I just was like, that's impossible. Nothing's gonna happen, and he's going to lose his mind.
3: Yeah, I remember the episode, the beginning. I don't remember the. I didn't remember the ending. But I've I was like, two feet tall. There we go. That's, well, it's gonna, it's the same as the the what is it called like the night of the jockey with Mickey Rooney. All right.
0: oh, okay, you know what? I haven't seen that one in so long. I could, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time.
3: I think this one might be better.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's saying something. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: just they're both a man alone, alone in a room, talking. And this one at least has a decency to bring people into the room. I don't think <laughs> I don't think none of the jockey does.
0: I, I honestly don't remember. I don't remember.
3: So four o'clock rolls around, which means it's time to bust out the Vaseline and the ending, because he mm-hmm. starts like mm-hmm. looking out the window like it's four o'clock. It's happening right now, and then he's just like caked in Vaseline. Just caked in it.
0: He really is. It's like... Uh, um, just, just, just. Uh, uh, oh, you hear this.
2: Dean! Why, the law enforcement agencies are going to have round-the-clock schedules from now on. Don't you realize how many evil er, people you'll be able I'm to find? Fa- I'm sorry. It's happening right yeah. now everyone
0: label it for some reason. all
2: the evil ones here turning into tiny little gnomes it's gold you can have it ah! suddenly Peter no <laughs> this is kind of a celebration.
1: clock an evil man <laughs> in his bed and lay in it. A pot called a kettle black a stone thrower broke the windows of his glass house. You look for this one under F for fanatic and J for justice in the Twilight Zone.
3: And L for lazy.
0: Very screwed duty Decimal System in the uh, Twilight Zone archives by the way.
3: Yeah. They could have filed in his filing cabinets.
0: That's a lot of filing cabinets just for once, one instance to take up two file cabinets.
3: Podcasts. Podcast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, yep. I, I like the ending shot. It looks cool because the bird's in the foreground. That's the only part I liked about it. And it looked like every shot in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
0: Like The biggest problem I had was a windowsill is about... Well, a little bit about two feet, and he could barely reach it. So instead of two feet tall, he became like 1.2 feet tall. Yeah, he was entirely too small. Way too small to be two feet, yeah.
3: Is that your big problem with
0: it? Yeah, I even bust out a tape measure and mer- measured from the floor to <laughs> <of> my windows. <laughs> I'm not I,
3: I did have that thought when I was watching. I'm like, that dude's way smaller than two feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I proved it. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was one foot three inches at best. And then if yeah. you figure out the wingspan of a man is about as tall as he is, so I figured he was just barely to reach the top. So that's why I gave him the extra three inches. Why he was so concerned about grabbing that goddamn nut out of that bag?
3: He's the nut. You get it? Peter, Peter's <laughs> not- calling him a nut. I, li- oh. I do like the fact that the second time Peter says not. Uh, it changes meaning and then one the third time he says it, he gives him a nut, and then Peter's is like doesn't even look at it. It's, it's like a little be, hint there.
0: Peter, I don't think like Peter ever I, I never watched the, the parrot eat a nut to
3: begin with. He did the first time. Did he? Yeah. The very first and then the second time it changes meaning. Third time he gives him the nut and then Peter's like, I don't want I don't want an actual nut.
0: No, I was calling you a nut, yeah. nut. But you know, whatever. Well, ah, psycho. <laughs> psycho. <laughs> Loses <his> mind. <laughs> Bipolar.
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's the guy's insane. When he was doing the, when he wasn't doing his little voice for this, because the, the actor is clearly putting on a voice, right? Um, he's what, fine. When he was mm. talking normal, he he sounded like the voice from the aliens from To Serve Man. He had that same like voice. and he's not him, but he had the same sound to him.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very confident, uh, and, uh, yeah, he was very confident in everything he said. Yeah, please conserve
3: water, like that thing that the alien does in that.
0: It's perfect.
1: Rod Serling, creator of the Twilight Zone, will tell you about next week's story after this word from our alternate sponsor.
3: This episode of LIW, the Twilight Zone Review, wants to remind our listeners that Frank is a communist. He's a dirty commie, a dirty red, looking to undermine everything that makes America great. If he's still here at the end of the month, I will report myself to the authorities. Thank you.
0: Uh, this this asshole reminded me way too much of my boss. It's so a lunatic. There was a few things he said where I went,
3: oh, God.
0: <laughs> Flashbacks. Yeah. I've, I've heard this man talk like this over a fucking phone like last week. Ugh.
3: Did he call around people and threaten the callback of, you don't fire him?
0: He's a fucking nut job, dude. Just the certain things he said just so matter-of-factly, and I'm like, you're so matter-of-factly wrong. I don't get, I,
3: oh, I get the threat of like, he's scared of communism. He's scared of whatever that teacher did, alcoholics, pedophilia, whatever he's actually accusing that person of. He said-
0: Insubmissives, God forbid.
3: Yeah. He's scared of, I, I I kind of understand the logic behind it. Like, it's stupid. It's over the top. I, that's the point of it. I kind of understand that, but the doctor not getting to someone in enough time to save them when he's devoted his fucking life to that, like literally not having enough time to be, he can't like fucking locate and be in 14 different places at once. So what the fuck? I, that is just like, that, that, that one just gets to me. It's just nonsense.
0: It's just a metaphor for how dumb the public is.
3: <sighs> fuck this episode, right?
0: Pretty much. I, I, I hated it. I hate every bit beat of it. Every, I mean, I thought he was a decent enough actor. He really drove home the fact that he was totally out of his mind.
3: I was just going to say, I really liked the actor
0: in it, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He, and, he's and great. It's interesting choice that they made such a patriotic man a uh, foreigner. That was interesting. I like that. But, hey, this is a comedy, remember? Comedy. If this was supposed to be a comedy... This a
3: <laughs> was a dart that was thrown and hit the fucking floor.
0: He hasn't hit the dartboard yet.
3: Nope. It's, <laughs> he needs to realize. Oh, wow, I can't believe I said that. This show is 55 years old or something. He, he should have realized, I should say, uh, <laughs> that it's not a comedy show. Clearly, not a comedy show. Not the audience, not the writer for comedy, nothing about it screams comedy. Just go ahead and abandon that, that pursuit. It's not going to happen for you, Rod. Uh, someone needed to send him down and say this, say this to him. Just no. Are you going to be the one to do it? Uh, I'll find a way. I'll find a way, God damn it.
0: Bribe someone else to do it.
3: Get my way into heaven? Because cause Rod went to heaven.
0: Okay, yeah,
3: what? He's, he's dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Well, that's the only way I could tell him.
0: It's true. It's
3: true. Uh, yep. Although, I'll probably get tricked by the uh, the, the first guy when I'm walking to heaven,
0: the heaven. As long as you have your dog with you, you'll be fine.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll bring one of my dogs. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm glad you know. Bottle go, ripple oh, go. <laughs> I'll wander out here for an eternity.
0: Darn too for looting for me.
3: God, I was trying to remember that thing he said about, like, oh, I'm going to get Hail Columbia if I don't get in there.
0: <laughs> that old woman's going to give us Hail Columbia. <laughs> oh, my
3: God. That's such a better episode than this. That's sad.
0: <laughs> I know, man. Uh, uh, let me see here. Where, where, where are we?
2: Four o'clock. No, evil! It's happening right now. What the flippity floop? Oh,
0: Oh, wait, I already played the outro, didn't I? You you didn't play,
3: um, did you play? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, no, I did. Like, Rod went, it was like right into it. I I don't remember it. Yeah, that's how, like, that's how forgettable this freaking episode was. I just played it.
3: That's fucking sad. If you, if you really just played that, I'm, that's fucking sad.
0: Because yeah, afterwards, he was like, not, not. And then Rod, you know, th- said something about throwing rocks through a glass house. You oh, you're in. right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, there we go. God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. right. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Right. Four no. When
2: temper takes the wheel, you can't handle the unexpected. Drive safely.
3: When temper takes the wheel you can't handle the unexpected
0: that goes so well with this episode after watching it
3: when you're writing this episode make sure you're paying attention
0: whatever you do don't drive after this episode
3: let the comedic writer take the wheel Rod wow.
0: give up the pen to the comedic writer please
3: at least I let them do a pass through
0: <coughs> good guy oh that's too funny Christ,
3: it's it's another one of those episodes where I'm like, yep, it was
1: there. OK.
0: Oh, wait, this is what i was trying to. I'm sorry.
1: And now, Mr. Serling, as it happens to all men, a newcomer takes his first step into the twilight zone next week. When Mr. Andy Devine joins us for a show called Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. He plays the role of the storekeeper of the Cracker Barrel variety who stretches the truth like most people pull on taffy. This one is for laughs and for the congenital liars amongst you. Oh, Next week, Mr. Andy Devine, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee.
0: Oh, God. What is a congenital layer?
3: Congenital layer?
0: It's a, it's a funny word.
3: Sounds uh, Sounds real gross, whatever it is.
0: I'm sure there's an ointment or a salve for it
3: would a congenital layer be like a like a family home
0: it was more of along the lines of like a yeast infection or something like STD I
3: don't know whatever it is it sounds fucking gross
0: definite discharge somewhere around <laughs> yeah. the midsection
3: is there any worse word than discharge <laughs> like, <laughs> no like, anytime you start a story or, or contain the word discharge in your story, you have had a bad fucking couple of days. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, some shit has gone really wrong in your life.
0: Took me forever to watch all that discharge. <laughs> I don't want to know why like or from where. I don't need to know the story. That just sucks to hear. Sorry.
3: Even if you say it in, like, a pause poz- like, oh, I was fucking this girl and I discharged all over. You're like, oh, my God, are you all right? Like, no. I mean, like, come, like, oh, it's not what. Something comes on my mind when you say it
0: like that. It's like you, you murdered someone. <laughs> yeah. No, what?
3: I want to hear a court reporter screw up or something like. And he—he's—he's he's been arraigned and then he's been discharged from the on the crimes. Like, what? You mean? Ugh. What happens when what? you get when you get when you're not getting charged but you get let go? You get discharged. Oh, well, that is a different word, but it sounds fucking disgusting. Even like saying it in that context now. Ugh. Yeah,
0: you are now discharged and will be reimbursed for your time spent. Like yeah,
3: like when a soldier's uh, honorably discharged. Ugh. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Anyway, uh, we're, we're grossed out now. Let's get the fuck yeah, out of here. I
0: don't even know how to follow that, man.
3: We're not. We're we're just like rambling. I'm not even saying things that make sense.
0: No. No. Well, you know, it just. Uh, um, uh, right oh, yeah. This will go on good.:
2: Radio Free Europe needs your help to fight communism. Give now to Radio Free Europe. Bong.
3: Where can we find you?:
0: uh, RedDragonsRadio.com. at links on Twitter and at Liw the TZ Review.:
3: God damn right. Uh, LAWstudios.com, Lloyd during Wonderland at YouTube, and then Lloyd during Wonderland at good enough show notes. Good enough <laughs> show notes. Show notes. notes.com. Go there. Uh,
0: read some shit.
3: Go read. Uh, read, read, and click. You'll figure it out. Or push, push your fat fucking thumb on it if you're on your phone. Anyway, until next time. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West.
0: I'm Frank Links.
3: I'm Hocus Pocus, and he's... Frisbee! We'll be back next time to talk about us.
0: I'm old podcasting a lot, Frisbee.
3: Oh, God, that was a pretty good impression, though. (laughs) Uh, It's funny, because I'm looking at a picture of that actor right now, and so when you are doing that voice, I was looking at him. match perfectly.
0: I'm going to have a montage of every dumb name he comes up
3: with. Oh, God damn it. I can't wait. This is another stupid episode. Uh, Anyway, um...
0: It was well, better than this piece of shit.
3: Yeah. It's got a little more heart to it, at least.
0: 5 dB. zero, one, negative. Did you get in the negative here? I gave it a 5. Oh, that's generous. I'll give it a 2. Yeah.
3: Well, like I said, I didn't fucking hate I don't know if I hated it. It was just, like, stupid. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't to... offended by it. I was just bored.
0: I have to deal with a lunatic just like this on a daily. Do you understand? Yeah. With that accent, same accent. It's very German, by the way. It's a very German accent. That's all I heard. I don't know where the guy's from or what accent he was going for, but I heard uh, American, German-American.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to our next episode with our, the, that accent, because that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to do our impressions of that. Until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I think we already did this.
0: Franklin, squeeze,
3: So long, citizens. Oh, should we play the uh, Rod's outro for the episode? I don't think we played that.
0: Yes, we did. Twice.